0: Life only in Christ. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 John one to 5 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Other passages to look at, Ephesians 1, 3-11, and Colossians 1, 15-20. There are a number of key truths in these five verses, but none more so than verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, Him being the Word, Christ, the Messiah. And this life is to be the light that lives in us, the church. Life is found in Him and in Him alone. Eternal life is found in the living Word, Jesus, and in nothing else. It's not found in human culture or traditions. It's not found in Jewish ways or laws. It's not found in religious morals, ceremonies, or activities. It's not found in singing or in works. It's not found in history or having an intellectual understanding of the scriptures, principles, or biblical history. Life is only found in Jesus. So, how well do we know Jesus? And how well are we at following Jesus? Because it's our knowing and our following of Jesus that creates the light. Within us, John 8 verse 12 says this. I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 1 John 1 5 to 7. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 2, 9-11 The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Matthew six twenty two 22-23 The eye is the lamp of the body. So then if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness! we can see why Paul prays that it will be the eyes of our hearts that are enlightened in the knowledge of God. If we truly want to walk in the true life, the light that Jesus brings, we must be found and feed on Him and in Him alone. As we can see from verse 3 in John 1, that all things came into being through Him, the Christ, and nothing has come into being, that has not come from Him. The only life we have within us comes from Jesus. Jesus brings us into the being, posture, or position in Him. We are all born doers or functional. None of us are beers until we come into a life in Christ. And even then, many who are followers of Christ are still doers at heart because the Word, Jesus, has yet to pierce the heart, causing this being dimension. Apart from him, nothing came into being. Psalm 46.10 says this, cease striving or be still and know I am God. We could also word it this way, know God and you will be still or cease striving in your own strength. Because we are in him, we live from this being posture now. All of our deeds or function come from this being posture of fellowship. A being posture will do, but a doing posture will never be until it seeks after the word and receives more of the Christ, the word, the living manner in which all things come into life. The Bible teaches us that the father is the only one who knows the son, the word, and the son is the only one who knows the father and to whom the Son wills to reveal the Father. Matthew eleven twenty seven. We cannot know life, the word, Jesus, unless the Father reveals him in us and to us. We cannot know the Father unless the Son reveals him within us. Revelation is the only way we can know the life, that is to be the light in us. Is this the reason why the church struggles to live as the light of the world? even though this is who we are from Christ's perspective. John 6, 44 is another powerful truth that defines this life in us reality. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. If we cannot come to Christ on and from our own accord, how do we ever expect to come into eternal life in us unless he brings us into this life in him? This eternal life that causes us to be the light of the world is only found in Christ. As mentioned, it may be good to quote scriptures and have a mental understanding of truth and principles. It may be good to look at the Hebrew and the Greek meanings and to know Jewish traditions, customs, and follow their ways. But there is no life in these things. The life is found only in the person. And the only way to this life in Christ is through revelation. These things are not bad and may point us to Christ, but in and amongst themselves, they are dead. Followers spend hours and hours and hours studying and learning information, history and culture, hoping this will bring them into this life I am talking about, when we should be spending all that time, energy and resource into seeking the Spirit, the Father for revelation of the word, Jesus, which empowers and enables us to live out and demonstrate a Christ-like life. If we truly get the understanding that we cannot bring ourselves into life or give ourselves life, then this would cause us to be found on our knees in prayer and spiritual repentance for God to do His work in us. Philippians 2.13 For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Question, who is at work? God, not man. Failure to realize this reality keeps us eating off and from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We say, but it's good to know these things and to learn these things. And they may be good things. But the root system of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is still at its roots dead and produces no life. Just because these things are good doesn't mean they are of God. The operating system that attempts to understand the scriptures through the mind or intellect first is operating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This operating system will never produce the life in us, which is the light of men. It will produce darkness. This operating system believes that life can be found in a mental understanding of the scriptures. This operating system edifies and elevates the mind over the heart and completely misunderstands what it means to love God with all your mind. We are to love God with all our mind, but this is a renewed mind that is feeding from the tree of life. We are to love God with all our mind, but this is a renewed mind that is feeding from the tree of life, not an unrenewed mind attempting to understand God through its carnal, fleshly operating system from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Unfortunately, many followers are still living this way and are void of life because of it. We think and believe if we have a mental understanding of the words through the study of the Hebrew and the Greek, and we give the correct answers to the questions, then we have acquired knowledge. We have acquired a knowledge, but it's just not a knowledge that births life. To come into the eternal life that Christ promises us, that only can be found in Christ, we need to be operating from an entirely different place. It is the place of the heart or the spirit. Jesus said, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh, our toil, sweat, and labor profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who don't believe. John 6, 63-64 This passage is an absolute contrast to John 1, to 1-5. The words that Jesus has spoken to them are all of John 6, 26-65 the result of Jesus speaking his words where many of his disciples left him. When the true word is spoken and declared, every heart posture, whether a lost person or a disciple, gets exposed for what's truly in it. Because understanding in God starts in the heart or spirit, the true and false understanding is exposed. The mind is not the place of understanding in the kingdom of God. The spirit or heart is. In the kingdom of the world, the mind is the place of understanding, but not in the kingdom of God. The lack of true life, Christ, in a person, is revealed, and just like what happened in the Bible, happens now. The person has no true understanding, hence they get offended and leave. Some will defend, justify, deflect, ignore, excuse, cover over, hide, and some will attack and persecute the one speaking his truth, his word. The words Jesus speaks are spirit and life. Paul said he speaks of the things that he was freely given by God, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. He says a natural man, flesh, our toil, sweat, and labor, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, but they are foolishness to him. They are spiritually appraised. Those who enter into his rest, which is Sabbath rest, Christ himself, has rested from his works. We have rested from our toil, sweat, and labor, our trying in all areas. These followers will come into this new spiritual operating system and have this eternal life built within them because they are receiving the words from the Spirit, the Word. We too must be a people who speak words that are spirit and not just any words. These words must be given to us by God through revelation. God has given us the entire Holy Scriptures to proclaim into the earth, but we must understand these words of the spirit. The word is spirit. So the words that come from the word are spiritual words of life. Are the words that we preach and proclaim spiritual words or just words? The word is not Hebrew, Greek, English, but Spirit. It's the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians six seventeen. One Corinthians four nineteen to twenty is an amazing passage and speaks to those who think it's all about mental understanding of words through the wisdom of man who also just speak mere words rather than spiritual words that have been revealed by the Father. 1 Corinthians 4.19-20 But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I shall find out not the words of those who are arrogant, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in words, but in power. The kingdom of God does not consist in human words, human knowledge, logic, reason, rationale but power, and the power comes from the word, Jesus himself, and his words that are spirit and life. If we are in his words, we will be a people of power, and not just information, facts, human wisdom, because his words birth his life in us. We may have a form of godliness, but we will lack the power in our lives, and it is a transformed life that is the demonstration of God's power. We will be forever learning, but never coming into the knowledge of God, which was Paul's prayer in Ephesians one eighteen. John 14.23-24 to 24 is a fascinating passage when it comes to the word and words. Jesus says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. John 8, 43. Why do you not understand what I am saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. Jesus has just spoken many words to describe his word, and the Jews who are believers cannot understand it. What does believing him really mean? Believing must be more than a mere mental agreement. Believing is about being convicted and convinced in our hearts of what we believe, so it impacts significantly the way we live our lives. John 20, 31 is what I'm talking about. At that believing, you may have life in his name. Our believing is to bring us into life. If our believing is not bringing us into life, then we are probably attempting to believe his word through the operating system of the flesh. We won't have life unless we are in him, the word. He is and was first. In the beginning was the word. The life comes after the word. We can't have life without the word. Many look for life outside of the word. In him was life. And this life is the light of men. He is first. Life is second. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I am the life and the resurrection, but I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrected life is found in Christ, the person. If we are growing in Christ, we will have this resurrected life operating within us. No wonder Paul said he wanted to know the power of his resurrection, Philippians 3.10. Paul wanted to know, experience the power that rose Jesus from the grave because it's this power that causes this resurrected life in Christ to be working within us. It's this reality that forms and builds the indestructible life within us. Everything is discovered in Jesus Christ. Look at Philippians 3.14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. As I have said, all life is found in Christ. Nothing of eternal value is discovered outside of him. Colossians 2, 2 2-3 If we are not experiencing more and more of his life operating and being formed and built within us, it is because we are not abiding in him. We are not maturing in Christ the way he intends us to. We can do a whole lot of function for Christ and still not grow in the indestructible mature life in Christ. This is possible because the gift and calling are irrevocable. This is why it is absolutely critical we know the Lord our God who is one. Not just know about the God who is one, but the God who is one. This is actually the first part of the great commandment. The foremost of all is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We must know personally the God who is one, the truth, the person. Not theology, or principles, or facts, or culture, but the person who is one. Only when we know this God who is one are we able to love God with all we are and love others as ourselves. We must know this love, God, to be able to love him and others the way he commands us to. How can we be one, John 17, if we don't know the God of one? This is why Jesus prayed we would be one. Can we truly hear this reality that is being declared here? Can we hear it in the spirit? As Jesus says, hear, O Israel, God's people, the Lord is one. When we know Jesus, we are able to hear the word Jesus and come to understand exactly what the word Jesus is saying. His words, which are spirit and life, perform a work within us that creates life, and builds and forms Jesus' life within us. This is the word of God. In the physical, it's the knowing of my wife Danielle that enables me to hear her voice in a crowd that is full of other voices. It's my intimate knowledge of my wife that enables me to know what she means by what she says and to read her body language, which communicates much, even when she is not speaking any words. It's exactly the same with God. The more we know him, the more we hear his words, that builds and changes us. Look at the pattern in Jesus, which must be the pattern operating us. Word first, words second. Light first, then there was light. I am the resurrection and the life. If we separate the words from the word, all we have is information. When the words are infused in the word, we have revelation. I believe this is the main reason why many in the body are void of his eternal life within them. We separate his words from him and think the intellectual understanding of words will bring life. All they do is bring us into a false reality of life, which inevitably ends up puffing us up in pride, and the spirit of pride keeps us out of his eternal life within us. Because of the spirit of pride, many resort to doing works for Jesus, thinking this is going to bring them into life. This is all we know, and we have no concept of this inner life. We try to find life, meaning, purpose, passion, and works, but we never do. The works don't produce this life. This life produces the works. These works that come from having his life in us are inspired, empowered, and led by his power, not our own strength. All of this relates to which tree we are eating from. There were two trees, as I've said, in the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This caused the separation between God and man. Death was the outcome of partaking of this tree And if we continue to partake of it, it doesn't produce life, no matter how good we think something is. The root system of this tree are dead, so the tree cannot produce life. It produces something, but it is only good, not alive. This plays a massive part in us coming into life or not. We must partake of the tree of life, the true vine, the true God, Jesus himself and his words which are spirit and life. These words come forth from him, the word. They are one, not two separate things. Only when we know the word via revelation, we will be in this life of his words. It's knowing the word that brings life and understanding to his words. The word Christ comes before the words of Christ. If we attempt to understand the words of the gospel, Without the person of the gospel, we will ultimately be led into a counterfeit reality and miss the true reality that births life in us. Do we only know the message or do we know the messenger and the message? This is exactly what I want to look at from Luke 24, 13 to 48 and John 5, 38 to 39 because we can see this reality outplaying itself right in front of us. Luke 24, 13-48 is all about three people, Jesus and two disciples who are on their way to Emmaus, and Jesus encounters them, but they are completely unaware it is him until he reveals himself to them. Let's read Luke twenty four thirteen to 48 The Road to Emmaus. And behold, On that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they came to a stop. Looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you possibly the only one living near Jerusalem who does not know about the things that happen here in these days? And he said to them, What sort of things? And they said to him, Those about Jesus the Nazarene, who proved to be a prophet mighty in deed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. But also some woman among us left us bewildered when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And so some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman also had said, but him they did not see. And then he said to them, You foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to come into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. Verse 28. And they approached the village where they were going, and he gave them the impression that he was going farther. And so they strongly urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting toward evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And it came about, when he had reclined at the table with them, that he took the bread and blessed it, and he broke it and began giving it to them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and those who were with them, saying, the Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized them by the breaking of bread. Now while they were telling these things, Jesus himself suddenly stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they were looking at a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you frightened? And why are doubts arising in your hearts? See my hands and my feet that it is I myself, touch me and see, because a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you plainly see that I have. Verse 16 says that their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Mark 16, 12 says that he came in a different form. This is a fascinating passage and an interesting word to use. He came in a different form. When we make our relationship with Christ all about formulas, methods or traditions or even the way he may have moved in our lives in the past instead of knowing him continuously through the power of revelation we don't recognize him when he comes in a new way a way that we are not familiar with or a way we don't know. These two disciples are completely oblivious to who is walking with them or teaching them. What is interesting is when Jesus turns up with Mary in the tomb, she also doesn't recognize him through sight, but she recognizes his voice, his words, when he calls her by her name. It's then that she knows it's the Christ in front of her. The form had changed, but it was still Jesus. Her ability to know his voice came from her knowing of him, the person. She could hear his voice even though he looked different. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. These two men didn't know who it was who was talking with them and they weren't recognizing his voice even though something was stirring within them as he spoke. Verse 32, although Jesus had on numerous occasions told his disciples he would die but rise again on the third day, And although the law and the prophets spoke of the Christ and how he would die but rise again, these Jews, Jesus says, were foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that had already been spoken. I wonder if we are any different. We have the living word of God that prophesies a now and a future now reality and yet many are completely unaware of this reality and are not living in accordance to the words of the word. These men were sad of heart because they were slow of heart. They only saw their current reality and state rather than the Christ-like reality that existed right in front of them. Jesus, the Messiah, the way, the truth, the life, stood right in front of them, and yet all they saw was from their perspective. They couldn't see the true reality because they lack sight, faith, and this caused them to be downhearted. Aren't we so thankful that God doesn't leave us in this state if we truly want to change? He will change and transform us if we truly desire to see as he sees. He will open up the eyes of the blind to see. Verse 27. Jesus starts to explain to these men things concerning himself in all the scriptures or the words. The word is to be the teacher of the words or scriptures. If the words are to be living and active and powerful, creating and building within us his life. Man cannot speak this type of word with power unless the spirit has revealed this word to him. If man attempts to come to understand the scriptures, the words on the page, through his own wisdom, man will never preach the living word. The agency of the Spirit, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, must be the teacher of man. And man is only to teach what the agency of the Spirit has revealed in the scriptures. This safeguards the hearer and the person who is preaching or teaching. It is this reality that Jesus is modeling. And because of this, the men say this in verse 32, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Because he is the word, the words that he spoke were powerful. He said his words are spirit and life. And it is these words that these two men are receiving in their spirit. They do not yet understand what he was saying, and they still didn't know who it was who was saying it, but their hearts and their spirit, it was burning. Verse 28 to 29 says that Jesus was going to go farther, but they urged him to stay with them. Why this urging from them? I believe it was because their hearts wanted more of the living reality that came forth from Jesus. They were receiving the living word, and they wanted more, even though they didn't really know what it was. They just knew when this man spoke from the scriptures, their hearts started burning. It is in verse 30 that these men are going to come into the reality of the kingdom that is right in front of them. This is the physical reality that is taking place, and how then there is the spiritual dimension. Jesus is the one who takes the physical bread and blesses it and breaks it, giving it to them. Verse 31 then says, It was then that their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Jesus is the blessed bread of life, who for our sakes was broken, not literally as far as any bones being broken, but given to mankind by God to not only reconcile us back to God, but to bring us into the true living dimension of God's kingdom life in us. It is Jesus who opens their eyes to see, and it must be the Spirit today who opens our eyes to see. If we cannot see as He sees, knowing that it is finished, and we do not enter into this all by faith, sight, then we will live from our perspective, and this perspective doesn't birth or form His abundant life within us. We will live contrary to God and His patterns. Verse 35 speaks volumes to what I'm saying. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of the bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life that has come down from heaven, the bread that feeds man eternal life. If one eats and drinks of me, one will never be hungry or thirsty, and he will have life in him. If one doesn't eat this bread, One cannot have eternal life within them. Verse 36 to 38 is another example of the disciples not having eyes to see Christ as they thought it was a spirit and they were startled and frightened. Jesus says, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Verse 41 is fascinated as Jesus asks if they have food to eat. They give him fish, physical food, And then Jesus in verse 44 then speaks to them about true spiritual food. Verse 44. Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The word Jesus speaks words that are spirit and life. It's in Christ and in his words that we partake and find ourselves eating a food source that births and forms an incredible life within us and not in eating boiled fish, the natural substance. The natural may feed us for a couple or three hours, but it never lasts forever like his eternal words. The words which are his words, which he speaks of from the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, are completed, fulfilled today in him. This reality is manifested today in him. He is the manifestation and the representation of these words that testify about himself. He is the incarnate word that stands before them. He is the fulfillment of the words that were spoken and declared about himself and upon the revelation of myself and everything contained within me. You will have an abundant of life within you. And coming forth from you, Christ said. Verse 45 is breathtaking, as this is the only way we come into the truth that brings this abundant life. Then He, Jesus, opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Once again, we see the role of Jesus or the Spirit to open the minds, to renew the minds, so we, the church, can understand the words, the scriptures that bring eternal life. Because we not only hear but understand, we have sight. And with this newfound sight comes a new life to live from and for because it's visible. Everything changes when vision or sight of the Spirit takes place. We are now able to see into the unseen realm, which is fully seen by us, which we are able to access and possess. In verse 46, Jesus then again explains to the disciples what was written, that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead and on the third day rise. He then tells them that they are witnesses of these things. Right in front of them is the manifestation of the words that were spoken and written. It has all happened in accordance to what was spoken and written. And Jesus is the demonstration of the words. He did and accomplish what the scriptures declared the Messiah would do. Incredible! And these disciples have first-hand evidence of this, and he has opened their minds to comprehend and understand the truth. Is it any wonder that they were now obedient to staying in the city and waiting for the promise of the Father to be clothed in power from on high and not leaving it until it occurred? They now knew, really knew, and their actions were a reflection of their knowledge of Christ the Word. Verse 52 to 53, And they, after worshipping Him, returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. It's one thing to be able to hear the words, the scriptures, that are declared, words that are spirit and life, but we must come to understand these words for the completed work of the Word to perform its work in us producing Christ's life within. If we don't come to understand the word, we will be no different to the rocky places or the thorns in Matthew 13 who hear the word of the kingdom but don't understand what they hear. So the word never produces fruit. It's only those who hear and understand who bears fruit and brings forth a crop of 30, 60, a hundredfold to the seed that was sown. These men heard the word that Jesus spoke about himself and their hearts were ablaze. Jesus then opened their minds to understand what he spoke and they then received life. The key to this was their hearts could at least hear the word even though they didn't understand the word that brought life. And it was the living words being spoken because it was coming from the agency of the Spirit. My son's words, which are my words, build my kingdom, my temple in you. And my son's words, which are my words, expose and speak against the institution and the system, the temple man builds. Because of this, they killed my son. But my son gave his life. No one took it. He lay it down. He gave it so many true sons would come into glory by the power of the word and spirit. My words are spirit and life. They are not of human origin and they must be heard and understood for life to come. There are three elements we must know in coming into this life in Christ through the word. The first is the word spoken must be living and active through being revealed by the Holy Spirit. The second thing is the hearer must be able to hear that word And the third thing is the Spirit brings understanding of that word through revelation to the hearer, so faith is birth or sight. Why is it that the men of John 5, 39-40 couldn't hear the word being spoken from the word himself, even though they were looking and searching the same scriptures? You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is these that testify about me, and you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. The reason lies in the verse before it, in verse 38. You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe in him in whom he sent. These Pharisees were looking for life in the words, the scriptures, rather in the word Christ himself. They didn't believe him. Hence, they look for life outside of him. When we don't believe him, we too look for life outside of him. But when his word abides in us, we have his eternal life. We too can spend more time focusing on the words on the page, studying the Hebrew and Greek, and still not believe and have the word abiding in us. We can be covered by the word Jesus, but not be abiding in the word. These men weren't even covered by the word, as they rejected him. These men and John couldn't hear the words of life that Jesus spoke because the word was not in them. The men from Luke twenty-four had the word in them; hence, they could at least hear the word through the explanation of the words, the scriptures about Himself from the Law of Moses, Proverbs, and Psalms. This is to be our reality. We are to be able to hear the word and understand the word that births the fruit of eternal life. If we can't, we won't have this abiding life of Christ in us. Our inner realm will be weak and not able to stand in times of testing. As we hear the word and understand the word, we receive sight of this incredible life in Christ, and we now live from this posture of strength. It's the incorruptible, indestructible posture of in Christ in me. The men of John 5 were sons of Abraham but only of the flesh. They claimed to be sons of Abraham and to the promises of Abraham but the promises were of faith and not of the law which they all lived by. Because they rejected John the Baptist's message they were still of the physical, the flesh. Hence they also rejected Jesus and didn't have the word abiding in them as John 5.38 says. So they had no reference for him when he stood right in front of them and declared who he was. These people were never going to know because their entire approach was wrong from the start. They claimed to be of Abraham, but Abraham was a man of the Spirit, a man of faith. He was a man of the covenant of faith, not the flesh or the letter. There were and are Jews of the Spirit and of the letter. The. John 5 men are Jews of the letter, but Abraham was father of the spirit faith. Hence, although they believe he was their father, their true father was the devil. Hence, Jesus tells them this in John 8 31 to 45. They were not of Jesus because although Abraham was their father by bloodline, by spirit line, he wasn't. Hence, they don't receive Jesus. Jesus and Abraham were of the same line, the line of the spirit because Jesus was before Abraham John 8:58 He who is of God hears the words of God for this reason you do not hear them because you are not of God John 8:47 These men didn't believe they needed saving hence they rejected John the Baptist and Jesus and remained in their sin and iniquity thinking they were okay and righteous in God These men had their own version of the words or scriptures and it took them on a path of death and destruction. Our knowledge of Christ must come from Christ, and then we receive his version of himself through his words, the scriptures. We must receive the revealed word, not any word, if we want Christ's life within us. Jesus doesn't just speak truth, he is the embodiment of truth. Jesus is the bread of life that we must partake of if we want eternal life within us. The following scriptures are so powerful in teaching us this reality: John six twenty-six to twenty-seven, John six thirty-one to thirty-five, John six forty-one, John six fifty to fifty-eight, and John seven thirty-seven to forty-three. This life in Christ is the indestructible life I write about in bird's eye view in chapter four. It's a life that isn't connected to the earth and a life that is seated in Christ in the heavenly places life in Christ is for you and I